Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most unpredictable athletes in all of sports today. You've heard it all on the news, everywhere you see sports. Kyrie Irving is in the media. We're going to be talking about the Kyrie Irving saga today. Going to give my thoughts on the whole situation. Uh, I wanted to wait until there was a concrete decision on whether he would actually stay in Brooklyn or get traded. Didn't want to just keep talking about it every day because I have to say it's sometimes a little tiring seeing the same guy, same thing on the news. It's just a different piece of information every day. But I feel like I have enough at this point to make my assumptions and my opinions on the whole matter. Uh, Before I get into it, just want to say, to be straight up, it's a pretty dry season right now in sports. NBA's done, NFL is done. Obviously, we've got free agency coming up. Uh, The big thing, though, no college sports yet until uh, we start talking about some college football later in July. Uh, But if you guys have any podcast ideas, things you want me to talk about, let me know. Let me know on social media. I would love to hit on some points. Going to get a little creative with some episodes in the next couple weeks. But obviously, uh, today we've got a nice topic because this is a really interesting one, uh, and we're going to dive straight into it. So Kyrie Irving, yesterday, it was rumored that he wanted a sign-and-trade, and he had teams on his wish list. Teams were the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Heat. Uh, so those are a few teams out of the six. I think Clippers were on there too. And he actually opts in to his $36.5 million player option to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, there are rumors that a trade to the Lakers, which were, which were the only possible suitor for Kyrie Irving in a sign-in trade before he opted into the contract, uh, they were the only team rumored to want Kyrie. Uh, no other team was really wanting him because obviously we, we've seen the issues that he's had with uh, whether it's been injuries or taking time off or the vaccine mandate whole thing. We don't need to get into all of that, but he hasn't fully been around to play most games. He's missed a lot of games. I think he's missed 20 more games during his time in Brooklyn than games he's actually played 127 to 107. But those are just numbers, you know. But as of now, Kyrie Irving is staying a Brooklyn net. And what that will also mean is that Kevin Durant will also stay a Brooklyn net and that this team could potentially try again for a a deep playoff run, one that they've not had yet. They got very close two years ago. I mean, inches away from Kevin Durant hitting a insane game winning three pointer. Instead, his foot was on the line for two. It goes to overtime. Giannis and the Bucks wins. We know what happens there. And then this past season, they, they get swept by the Celtics, uh, causing a lot of friction and tension uh, in this franchise. Uh, for two of the most talented offensive players this game has ever seen. And Kyrie Irving has caused a lot of ruffling of feathers in the offseason. But after all of that, after all the speculation, uh, you know, rumors that he could go the, to the Lakers on a $6 million mid-level exception, $6 million for Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's a bargain. I'm sure LeBron would have wanted that. That team certainly needs it. But after all of just everything we've heard throughout this whole situation, He's staying in Brooklyn as of now. Now, I do actually want to talk about how we got here, and then I'll give my opinions on the whole situation because I think this background information is important, and it's not things that people are really talking about. So I'll start with, so obviously with with Kyrie, he leaves LeBron in Cleveland, says he didn't want to be the little brother, wants to lead his own team, goes to Boston, doesn't do a great job of that, clearly, Uh He didn't make it to an Eastern Conference Finals with them, although they made it when he was injured uh, one one playoff run. And then going to Brooklyn, he teams up with his best friend, KD, 
or at least we think he's that's his best friend. We don't know at this point. And when he goes to this team, this team is already pretty established. They made the playoffs the year prior. They had a culture. They had a coach. Let me run you through the lineup that the Brooklyn Nets had. So before KD and Kyrie signed with the Nets in that offseason, the Brooklyn Nets had D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris, Jarrett Allen, Karis LeVert coming off of injury, granted, Spencer Dinwiddie, and when the sign-in trade was official, but for Russell to go to the Warriors and KD to go to the Nets, and then Kyrie signs there, here's your starting lineup. Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie as their sixth man coming off the bench, and then who knows what they do with their other role players. They had some guys who were free agents, but those are the, the bigger names who would actually be in that lineup. That lineup sounds like a championship team. That is a team with the right stars and the right role players to win a championship. Jared Allen, look how he's flourished in Cleveland. Karis LeVert, I mean, even he was a baller in in Brooklyn, but he's a good scorer. He was great for Indiana. Now with the Cavaliers, going to help them try and make the playoffs again. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell's kind of struggling a bit in Minnesota, but we saw how good he was with Kenny Atkinson. And then Joe Harris is a phenomenal shooter who they still have dealing with injury. Obviously, wasn't great in that Buck series uh, in, in the two, two playoffs ago. But this was a team that, in my mind, was ready to go. And where the Nets went wrong was the trade for James Harden. Because they threw it all away. Not only did they obviously give up picks for the future, they traded Jared Allen, they traded Karis LeVert, and they didn't have the role players necessary to win a championship. They just didn't have it. I mean, we see the the past few teams, look at them. I mean, the Bucks, Giannis and Middleton, that's your duo. But you got Drew Holiday. You got Brooke Lopez. You got Connaughton off the bench. George Hill. This past year, the Warriors, look at their role players. You got your big three, Steph, Clay, Dre. But Wiggins, phenomenal in the series. Jordan Poole off the bench. I mean, uh, when Kuminga and Moody, those are great rookies. They, they didn't even play that much. Kavon Looney, a phenomenal role player. Championship teams need to be a, be a fleshed-out roster. It needs to be complete. It can't just be three guys. It can't be. And this is why I think the era of the big three is over. It's all about a duo. It's about a star duo with supporting players around them. And the Nets had that, and they traded it for James Harden, who obviously, at the time, was really, really, really good for the Houston Rockets, averaged around like 30 for like how many seasons in a row? I mean, he was the best scorer in the league, but obviously the Nets didn't take into account the rule changes in the NBA where James Harden couldn't bait as many fouls. He was getting a lot of his points at the free throw line, using a lot of gimmicks and tricks to get free points at the line. I mean, he was just, I mean, the the step back three, kicking out the leg for fouls, uh, all that stuff, the game changed and he was worse because of it. And then we obviously saw the injury problems that presented itself. Kyrie Irving hurt himself in the Bucks series. James Harden came back with that hamstring injury. Wasn't the same in that series. It was all KD, who was the only one healthy. They put all their eggs in this one basket for this big three. 
that on paper seemed like the best offensive trio we've ever seen, yet they got nothing for it. And then a year later, James Harden gets disgruntled. Him and Durant want to play different ways. They deal Harden, get some guys back. You get Seth Curry, you get Andre Drummond. Ben Simmons obviously didn't play. We'll see how he does if he comes back, uh, if he's healthy and everything. A massive mystery there. Get a couple picks in the Harden deal. But just imagine if this team just stayed intact, even if they didn't get rid of Steve Nash and they kept Kenny Atkinson. They barely even gave it a shot. They didn't even give it a shot because that first year when these guys were together, KD coming off his Achilles injury and Kyrie was just by himself. That team wasn't going to make the playoffs. But when they finally come back healthy, they gave it a few games and then were just set on Harden. That's where I think the Brooklyn Nets went wrong. And I know it's kind of a long explanation, but they should have kept Karis LeVert. They should have kept Jared Allen. They should have kept Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. I know it would have been expensive, but you've already gone all in. You're already a win-now team. They just tried to win the wrong way because Jared Allen would be a great rim protector for them in the paint. Versatile guy. Karis LeVert, that can be your third scorer. Joe Harris, that's your sharpshooter. And then who knows who they get in free agency. Maybe they still get Blake Griffin in that trade who was very good in that series against the Bucks. But now what you've got is a Brooklyn Nets roster that's, again, depleted. You don't have these role players. I mean, looking at who they got now, Bruce Brown is a really solid role player. I really like him. But Nick Claxton could not make a free throw to save his life. Patty Mills is good, but he's on the older side. Same with Goran Dragic. It's just a roster of veterans. It's not a team. Andre Drummond started at center for them in their closeout game against the Celtics. Now, we obviously love what Bruce Brown did in that series. We really appreciate that. But just imagine if those that team stayed together. I like I love all those players who I already mentioned. But because of that, they never even got close to an NBA Finals. And now that's why Kyrie got disgruntled. So I think stability is key in a franchise. I think the Nets threw their culture away. That's why they're in this position. That's why they're dealing with Kyrie Irving the way he's acting. But even if Kyrie stays and the Nets stay, I don't think this team can win a championship because they don't have the pieces necessary around them to win. You need a guy who can lock up on defense. You need a guy who can make three points. You need, again, that that third scoring option. You need a rim protector, that guy in the paint. You need a big off the bench if your big guy gets in foul trouble. You need so many things to go right and just a complete roster, and the Nets are not a complete roster. Now going back to Kyrie Irving, I think he should actually stay in Brooklyn. I don't think he should go to the Lakers. I don't think he should go to the Clippers. I don't think he should go anywhere. Speaking of the Clippers, actually, they got their point guard. They got John Wall. He had a buyout with the Rockets. I think that's a great move. We can talk about that when free agency uh, hits because I'll kind of count that as the first free agency move. But Kyrie Irving should stay in Brooklyn. He needs to stay with KD. He's got such a bad rap, and he doesn't care about his reputation, but Kyrie Irving is one of the top five offensive talents we have in the league today. He is so gifted. We saw him drop 60 on the Orlando Magic like it was nothing. It was easy for him. He is a magician with the basketball, an amazing ball hander. We want to see Kyrie Irving play basketball. And this is not me saying Kyrie Irving just focus on playing basketball. But Stephen A is kind of right. Over the years, he has not shown a full commitment to the game of basketball, to his job. And if he's asking for a lot of money for that, the Nets are right to be cautious with him. 
but I really think they should give this one more go. I think they should run it back one more time. Maybe they make a couple moves in free agency. You got to keep Bruce Brown. Clearly your best role player at this point. Joe Harris needs to come back and be efficient three-point shooter. Nick, Nick Claxton got to work on his free throws because I actually like him inside. He's kind of a poor man's Jared Allen. Uh, he's not obviously as good, but Kyrie Irving made the right move by opting in to his $36.5 million contract. Going for $30 million cheaper to Lakers would have been a disaster, in my opinion. I just don't think that would have meshed well. There'd be too many problems. And it just sucks because Kyrie Irving is actually one of my favorite players on the court. On the court, he is so fun fun to watch, so entertaining. But there's just such a bad aura around this whole situation where people are really forgetting how talented this dude really is. So... My view on this whole situation, Brooklyn should wait this year. He opted into his play option. You should not trade him. You should keep him and keep Durant and see how this season goes and try and do your best as a front office to shore up your roster that you tore up for James Harden because that's their biggest mistake in all of this. And then at the end of the season or midseason, you want to trade him because it's not going well, trade him. But With Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you have enough offensive firepower to win a championship or at least go to an NBA Finals or at least an Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, come on. They got swept by the Celtics. They're obviously going to be back. Got the Bucs to deal with. Sixers might be good. Raptors, obviously, I think they overachieved a little bit, but they'll be in the mix. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to get better because they're a young team. Uh, They've got a lot of energy. They're kind of like the Grizzlies of of the East because you got Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. They got Abaji in the draft. Love that pick, obviously. Big Abaji guy. But the Nets are certainly going to have their competition in the East, but no one can guard Kevin Durant one-on-one. It takes a team effort, and if him and Kyrie are available and healthy with good role players around them, this team can go to at least the Eastern Conference Finals. And then when it comes to all the extra stuff with it, there's really not a point in dissecting all of it. I want to see Kyrie on the court. I want to see him play. I want to see him ball out and win games because there's no way that LeBron can be the only dude that he can play with. So that's kind of my take on the situation. Again, Kyrie Irving's got to stay with the Nets. Nets got to keep Kyrie Irving for one more season. See it out. See how it goes. He's good enough to help this team and not be a detriment off the court. And with all the other nicks and knacks and X's and O's of the situation, I don't really like dissecting that stuff because it doesn't really have to do with the game. It's a lot of outside speculation. That's the stuff that these athletes don't like. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about their play on the court and the stuff off the court. Yeah, I know people have to talk about it. They're good talking points. But for me, obviously my podcast, my preference, I want to talk about this the stuff that relates to basketball. Because what we've got now is we've got an opted in Kyrie, which means we've got a KD, which means we've got two great players for the Nets to try and make another playoff run. But again, with how their roster has been so turned upside down, I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I do think this decision was right for Kyrie, and I can't wait to see him back on the court. I love Kyrie Irving. He's a great player. Um, And I think the last thing that just popped in my head, because we've been seeing the whole beef with Kendrick Perkins, Draymond Green, you know, new media, old media. I want to give my take on that situation too. So from my understanding, listening to some clips, Draymond Green thinks that the whole difference between old media and new media is that old media 
makes a living off of bashing people's names and careers and reputations, new media, he thinks, um, wants to talk, you know, obviously dissect the game. They're going to criticize players if they play bad, but they're not going to bash players' careers. They're going to uplift people. They're going to talk about the good instead of the bad. That's kind of how I interpreted it because he included J.J. Redick in new media, had Kendrick Perkins in old media. There was that whole thing with Kendrick Perkins preying on LeBron's downfall, as Draymond put it. Basically, he hoping he'd injure himself in the playoffs, which is really weird. That's not cool <laughs> at all. You don't pray for anyone's injury at all. I remember when the Raptors played the Warriors in the finals and KD got hurt and the Raptors fans started cheering. I knew once that happened that we were going to win that series eventually. But I didn't. I said not like this. I didn't want to win it like that. Same thing when Clay went down. I did not want to win the series with a bunch of injuries. You never want to see a guy get hurt. It's terrible to watch. We've seen so many bad injuries over the years. So the fact that Kendrick Perkins actually admitted that on, on JJ Reddick's podcast is bizarre, but kind of goes to Draymond's point. So would I consider myself new media in quotes? I think I would, but that's just because how I view sports is I want to dissect the game. I want to analyze the game, the stuff that's on the court. I want to leave the other stuff off the court, just where it is. I don't, I want to talk about everything that contributes to the game and the results and the performances on the field or the court. And I kind of think that's what Draymond's talking about with new media. And that's why I don't like coming on here that much and and bashing guys. Now, I'm going to bash a guy's play if he's not playing well, but I'm not going to go out there and bash a guy because he's got injuries or who knows what he's doing with off the court. That's not my place, you know? I think that's where Draymond is coming from, and I think that's why he's kind of right in the situation. Now, I think the whole new media term is, it's a funny term to kind of throw around, but um, I do see where he's coming from, but these old, these other old media guys, again, I'm not categorizing anyone, but that's how we're kind of defining this here. Old media, new media, the old media is saying, that's not how it works there. We have our methods of doing things. I think that's the whole point in this whole debate slash conversation. There are different ways of being a media member. There are different ways to do things. There's no right and wrong way, but I do have to side with Draymond a little bit. I'm not a big fan of media bashing players. So that's why when I talked about this Kyrie Irving situation, I'm not going to talk about the reasons that he didn't play and bash him for that, for not being available. It's just a fact. We have numbers for it. Yes, he wasn't as available, but I don't need to go into the reasons for that and criticize him because of X, Y, and Z. Now, when we're talking about the fact that the Nets can't play defense and Kevin Durant was horrible in the Celtics series, that's completely different. That's basketball. But I think that's, in my mind, new new media, when it comes to basketball, we're focusing on the game of basketball solely. Old media takes a lot of other things into account, and that's where some of the negative connotations come from, and I, I think that's why Jeremiah Green kind of used Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless as they are, because you see their tweets, they're going at guys, they're calling people out, they're being extremely harsh, um, and kind of just... You know, it's more negative. I like being positive. I think that's what makes this stuff fun. So not that I need to declare a side because this is obviously just my own small little podcast, but I guess I'll consider myself new media. So Draymond Green, there you go. Uh, You got another squad member, but it's, 
again, it's really how everyone interprets it. But I think that's a cool, cool talking point for me to kind of round out this episode because the portrayal with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, all those guys, Westbrook, another one, uh, it definitely varies between uh, or from who who's actually breaking down the situation. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Definitely just a fun little talking one. Kind of a little throwback to episodes that I had kind of at the start where I just talked about a couple issues, a couple sports topics in the news and just kind of talked about it for a little bit. This originally was my, um, it, w- it was just my place to talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, talk about sports, say things that I've always wanted to say. You know, I've been able to say on Twitter, you know, some bold takes, you know, I think Kevin Durant should go back to OKC if the Nets fall apart. You know, that's something we can talk about in a future episode and I can explain that later. But uh, I, I definitely kind of like the style of, of this episode and I'll be doing more stuff like this uh, depending on what topics come up. Uh, but in the future, look for free agency episodes coming up. Uh, July, look for college sport previews. We're going to be talking a lot of UNC sports. Uh, I think a lot of people really like those, especially my UNC followers. So uh, soccer, field hockey, uh, football, we're obviously going to get to all that. Um, So yeah, but thank you so much for listening to this episode and I'll speak to you next time.